1: Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. Joining me in the studio today is Reviews editor Rebecca Franks, who's going to chat to me about the Christmas recording of the month, which is a wonderful recording on Signum, of Brahms and Bruckner motets, performed by the choir Tenebrae, conducted by Nigel Short. Um, These are two composers that are usually known for their symphonic output, so it's wonderful to hear them in a much more sort of intimate chamber setting, isn't it?
0: It is. We do often think of them as symphonists, but actually they're both wonderful choral writers, um, you know, Brahms, some of his, you know, there's, there's the requiem on one side of the, of the scale, of the large scale works and everything up to the Lieber's leader waltzes, which are just some of his most joyous, wonderful, well-crafted music. So, um, And Bruckner as well, actually, you know, we think of him as this great architect of cathedrals of sound, but you get that, you get that same sense, but in these much smaller, uh, beautifully crafted miniatures here. So
1: I think we're going to kick off, first of all, with one of uh, Bruckner's Equale, written for uh, three trombones, I think.
0: Yes, this kicks off the disc, and we have the second one closing the disc later. It really sets the mood, I think, for this whole programme. And it's interesting, Equale sort of means equal voices, and they were often written for funeral services, and the trombone is this instrument that kind of symbolises can symbolise God, so it has this religious overtones which really, again, sets the mood for, for the music we have to follow.
1: And as we'll hear, of course, Bruckner uses the trombones with the choir, and which is to great effect, I think. But we'll hear the choirle first. So that was Bruckner's Equalis number 1, written for three trombones. Um, we're going to hear next his Eche Sacerdos, which was scored for choir and organ and trombone, um, written uh, for the bishop's entry into the new cathedral in Linz, where Bruckner was organist. Um, it's a wonderful piece, I think, and really, I, I, I think, shows Bruckner's real sym- symphonic writing. Actually, it's quite, it's quite simple in many ways, Brahms's writing, uh, Bruckner's writing. But I think that... What he does is 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 use quite sort of unusual harmonic progressions. I think to sort of give the music a real grandeur. Actually, so although the music at first glance I think is quite simple on the page, I think it does have a real complexity to it.
0: And it's nice to have that trombone coming back in here because it does. I think the whole program of this disc is being very well constructed, and this is just a nice, neat illustration of that.
1: And it's beautifully recorded as well. That was Bruckner's Eche Sacerdos. It's quite interesting, actually, how much Palestrina there is, sort of Gregorian chant coming into this music, um, given the the sort of, I suppose, the, the fashion of the day really was to bring back the old style into choral writing and bring back Gregorian chant to give a sort of a, a renaissance to, to choral music. And I think Bruckner is, is, is responding to that wonderfully.
0: And it's interesting, isn't it, that we do think of these composers as being... Quite different in that you know Brahms was agnostic, a humanist, and, and Bruckner was Catholic and you know much more conservative. But actually, there are lots of points of, um, of of crossover, and Brahms too was had this huge respect for the past and huge knowledge of of earlier music, and we'll hear that in some of the the later clips that we have from from the Brahms work. So again, this interleaving of the two composers does throw up some interesting um, points of comparison.
1: Absolutely. And you'll hear, again, that style come through in Bruckner's Ave Maria, which, is, again, is a very slow-moving but beautifully um, uh, wrought uh, piece of music with with just the most beautiful harmonic progressions, but again it 's got this real sort of hark back to um composers like Palestrina and lotti um you You can hear the lines moving within each other it really isn 't a sort of a nineteenth century piece this is almost like rap Vespers you know there's sort of a hark back to those earlier um earlier uh, plain chant um and and it, and these these works are really infused with that 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 sort of ancient sound if you like. What a beautiful performance by Tenebrae there. I mean, their, their blend is extraordinary, actually, and you can hear the lines despite the fact that there's this overwhelming sound that they produce. You really can hear each individual part, and its I think it's beautifully done.
0: It is. I think they have their phrasing. It's utterly wonderful, and... They're so committed to it, and as you say, there's this real clarity of the lines, but at the same time, you're sort of enveloped in this wonderful, glorious sound, which it is well-recorded in, in that
1: acoustic. And there seems a real love of the music as well. You can hear it almost in their voices, you know, you can almost hear them enjoying the music. Yes. Know? This isn't a straight performance. This is this is done by a choir who clearly relishes this this beautiful, rich, sort of 19th century stroke, sort of... Palestrina sound.
0: Yeah, I mean they they do their sort of tagline is uh, passion and purity, and actually I think that <laughs> does kind of sum it up completely. It's not just it's not just a tagline. That's that is what their sound is.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And so um, on the uh, the flip side of the coin, we've got Brahms also on this on this disc. A, a, a very interesting mix.
0: Yes, I think when they decided when Nigel Short. Um, sort of came up with with this project and there's quite a, there is quite a sort of moving back story to it in that their sound engineer, Andrew Mellor, um, lost his father to cancer and this, this whole disc sort of came out of that and a desire to, to raise some money for a cancer charity. Um, when they decided, he, he Andrew Mellor sort of suggested exploring this 19th century German repertoire and I think Nigel Short instantly knew that he wanted to do some some Brahms and particularly uh, the Brahms Opus 109 Motets which is the Fest und Gedenk Sprüche their German is much better than mine um, and I think maybe we could start by just hearing a clip from the second of those uh, Wenn ein starker Netter." When a Strong Man Armed uh, because again it links back to what we were just saying about the Bruckner, it really shows off Brahms's knowledge of Bach and Schutz it's double choir writing and it's, it's just glorious I think if we could start with that that would be a good place So that was the second of Brahms's Festentgedenkspruche, which were written uh, after he was given the freedom of Hamburg in 1889. And he had decided to write these three motets, which are fest- festal and commemorative sayings, sort of for general national days.
1: Uh, There's there's, there's a real sort of distillation, I think, of his symphonic writing. As as, uh, we discovered in the Bruckner, there's a real sort of sense that his symphonic writing is is pervading these choral works. You you really get a sense that the choirs um, uh, have got the sort of capability of expressing that grandeur, really, and he writes that into the music brilliantly, I think.
0: Mm, He does. I mean, as always with Brahms, ever the perfectionist, you know, these are... Beautifully crafted, beautifully crafted pieces of music, and I imagine—I'm not a singer—but imagine a lot of fun and a, a challenge to sing. Um, I think Tenebrae really, as you say, they just get—they just get to the heart of this music. And actually, an, another example, quite different in feel, is the gorgeous Geisslicker's lead. And there's a part at the end when they're singing the Amen, where it's—I well, think it was pretty much done in in one take, but it's this. It's just a wonderful sound, really expansive and really, really glorious. And I think it would be lovely to hear a clip from that, actually. So that was the end of the Geiselish's lead. Um, What's kind of remarkable about such a sort of miraculous piece is it actually comes out of this very strict, actually a set of counterpoint exercises, you know, a study, a, a technical thing. And out of this, he's wrought this wonderfully emotional beautiful
1: piece it's in everybody else's hands it would be probably you know quite dry and would be an exercise that succeeded but it is one of the most glorious moments I think in all choral repertoire
0: yeah and uh, yet
1: as you say it's it's a very successful choral uh, contrapuntal exercise
0: well I suppose it makes you think of Bach doesn't it you know when you're at that level and have you can do all these wonderful um, exercises and and do all the mathematical stuff as well Mm. uh, as the musical stuff so the
1: greatest musical architect Mm, Absolutely. That brings us to the end of our discussion of the Christmas recording of the month. I do hope you enjoyed it. Do join us next month when we'll be discussing the January issues uh, recording of the month. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Thank you
1: for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.